0: Give one as a gift. Keep one for yourself. You can find them on Amazon or my website, koberebel.com.
1: star but only strictly where i'm famous i'm in this foot along this hall like we'll see where it takes us i'm throwing back these double shots like whiskey here is weightless because this career i chose was even riskier than vegas yo
0: Oh, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Colby Rebel Show. I am your host, Colby Rebel. I know I missed a couple weeks, and I do apologize, but I had to go and get that second COVID shot, and I was afraid to do an episode that night. And last week, I traveled to Florida, my best friend in the whole world of 35 years Her daughter was graduating high school and had her prom. So I had a chance to go back and watch her graduate and chaperone the prom. I would have never thought I would have been a chaperone at a prom. I can't help but tell you I did get on the dance floor once or twice. (laughs) But it was really a lot of fun and I really had a blast. And really felt so special to be there but i'm excited to be back here tonight and really you guys what a great great episode i have in store for you because i have an amazing author in the house to talk about her new book which i think many of you are really going to enjoy so i'm really looking forward to talking to her and for you all get to know her a little bit better just a couple of things coming up So, you know, uh, this Sunday, I have Spirit and Beyond with a good friend of mine, Rometrius. Uh, We are coming together. This is an online event. The tickets are still available. We're going to be connecting to your loved ones on the other side. So be sure to grab your ticket while you can. And then another event. So I have a two-day workshop the following weekend. So You know, if you're really at that stage in your mediumship, you want those deeper details. You want to know how to bring through the evidence. You're still kind of struggling a bit on how to put it all together. This is a two day workshop, deeper details. Again, you know what's great is it's online. So, anywhere in the world, you can come and join me. So, be sure to grab your tickets there as well. So, let's get back to our show tonight and our guest. For you, Because again, you know, not only is this a, a beautiful woman on the outside, you can tell from her story and from the book and the contents, what an absolute beautiful soul on the inside. And I can tell you, it's a lot of work to write a book. So I can't wait to hear what inspired her to write this book and, and how she received it. But here's what's really great. She is an executive leadership coach, right? So former athlete, uh, really has been out there, really helps others kind of live their purpose, live their truth, which many of us, you know, put under the carpet, that complacency, right? So she's going to help you in this book, call you out on it, help you really get that program together that is giving you that confidence you need and really to live your truth. Here's what's really cool. She's a Columbia University certified executive leadership coach. So one smart cookie. (laughs) She leverages her experience with well-known communications, performance, and mindfulness, which you know, is all so important to us. Really, an elite athlete, an accomplished entrepreneur, so much about it. And again, we've got this book, The Full Spirit Workout, which I really, really can't wait to dive in deeper. So if you don't mind, please put your hands together for Kate Ekman. Woo-hoo!
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Uh, I am so excited to have you. Just love the idea of this book and what a fantastic concept. I, you know, again, you're an executive leadership coach. Why don't you tell everybody what that is so they have a better understanding?
1: So I work with business leaders and professional athletes and really help them actualize their full potential, help them become more of who they are. And like you said, help them start telling the truth about what's working, what's not, and, and really getting underneath all of our titles and labels and limitations, quite frankly, and, and getting underneath the hood of the car and, and discovering who we really are and, and also what we really want. I think a lot of times we think what we want is what society says we should have or what mom and dad or our friends are doing. And so there is a big distinction between what we want and what we really want. And I, I really help people just achieve more success, not just externally, because many of my clients are really, all of my clients are extremely successful in the outside world, but struggle with meaning or deeper fulfillment or are lacking in confidence in some way. So we do a lot of confidence building exercises and, and really it's just about becoming the person who can actually achieve our desired goals rather than having to strive or force or control.
0: I love that. Yeah, that's so empowering as well. Right. And it is. It's bringing that that outside image and that inside truth and reconciling them so that you're always in your power. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think we give our power away so much without even realizing it. And, you know, as an athlete, you know this too, we know how hard we have to train our physical muscles to compete at a high level. And as I went about my life, I I was struggling, like a lot of people trying to keep it all together. You know, that's what spiritual fitness is. It's it's having the courage to be, not just this polished put together person we present to the world um but also that that messy kind of flawed human behind the scenes just trying to keep it all together and and he or she is lovable and good enough and and relatable and authentic and so really embracing that part of ourselves and and combating against emotional gravity like fear and stress anxiety comparison judgment anything that weighs us down and anytime we're, we're at the effect of emotional gravity, we are giving our power away. And, and, and we do this all the time without even realizing it. So this is a conscious, deliberate, intentional exercise program, an inner exercise program to really build that confidence and resilience that can weather any storm. Yeah, that's so
0: powerful. Now the full spirit workout How did you come up with this? How was it inspired? What inspired you to to write this
1: book? Sure, so the Full Spirit Workout is a play on the full body workout that you often hear advertised at the gym, but it's also about bringing your full spirit, your presence, your passion, your authentic truth and power to everyone you meet and to everything that you do. It's showing up like you mean it and like you've got something to say. Energy, enthusiasm, that that gusto, like let's go. And you know, I've been a journalist and a broadcaster my whole career. I love telling stories. I'm very very curious and I was writing a lot of articles for different publications and, and I would get a lot of emails um, or people reaching out to me on my website and, and commenting on the articles and how that really resonated with them or because of this article, they were able to do X, Y, or Z, really really profound things in their lives. And so I realized that my writing is so much bigger than me and a book was the next natural progression and really putting all the stories and all of my research and all the stuff I learned when I went back to school into this book, because not everyone can afford coaching. And I wanted all of these these practical lessons, the strategies, the steps, the questions that I ask all of my clients, in one place so that people can take this journey of self-discovery it's really a life resource tool they can turn to again and again and i just know that it works because i'm the proof and my clients are the proof and i wanted everyone and everyone everyone and anyone rather to have access to this tool and 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 really turn to it again and again when they need that boost. And and I, I turn to it again and again. I think there's this notion that once we reach a certain level of success or we look a certain way or we write the book, that we don't have to work out or we don't have to work hard anymore. And, and that's the myth. And, and you think of your favorite artist or entertainer or athlete, they train and work harder than anyone, not because they're the best, but because they're the worst. So your talent merits investment. And, and let's start investing a little bit more in ourselves, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, is that once you get to that place of success, sometimes you got to work even harder, right? It's, but it is that strive to better ourselves as well that I also think helps with that success. So this is a great program. So you call it a 10-step system. And I'd love to kind of learn more about that. I love the names of the chapters. L- lift yourself up, feel the burn, strengthen your core confidence. So you're kind of using what we would term in the physical fitness world as the chapters for the spiritual fitness. So I really love that. Mental metabolism, right? I re- Embrace your endorphins, right? This is like fantastic chapter titles and it is 10 steps. So can you just kind of take us through generally those 10 steps?
1: Sure. And and this this process, this system, it's it's directional. It's not okay. linear. So you okay. can move around. You can, just like some days you go to the gym, people say oh it's leg day, it's arm day, it's chest day, all of that stuff. So have fun with it. Even if you just go and and pick the book up and oh okay, I'm at chapter 5, step 5 and I'm at the journaling exercise and going through those questions, but I'm really tackling everything. We're starting out just like in a physical exercise with stretching and we're stretching our comfort zone, which is just this arbitrary boundary that we've created in our minds based on fear that we can expand past any time. And that's when life gets really juicy. It's it's a little uncomfortable because we're not mm-hmm. in the comfort zone, but that's when you become the person who can do the things that you, you say you wanna do and live the life that you wanna have. And what I'm noticing is that when we're willing to step out and take risks, the universe and, and the people around us assist us in helping these things come to fruition. So dare to put yourself out there. As I like to say, dare to suck, dare to not be <laughs> great at first or ever. That's me in dance class, which I, I write openly about and and have some fun with it. I mean, fun is in the subtitle. And, and so I wrote this so people could have fun. Everyone that's read it said, this is such a page turner. I can't put it down because I'm taking you on a journey, and this is not daunting. I, I would never put out something that's boring or daunting because you don't want to do it. So, but I do take you through. I mean, this second step is about a healthy body image and and we move through the the different mental mindsets. And you know, embrace your endorphins is about joy. And and throughout the book, we're redefining success, redefining beauty, redefining joy, and and what it means to have a meaningful life. And then, you know, at the end we cool down with confidence. And I just give you so many practices that you can do on your own and the meditations, all of which are also on my website that you can listen to. So this really is something that you're going to enjoy doing. And then it's fun to grab a accountability buddy, or as I like to say, a spiritual running buddy, really (laughs) do these exercises with, with your loved ones, because then, you know, you get fit together and then it creates this ripple effect, spiritual fitness. and, And these exercises are just about us achieving our goals, which is yeah. great. It really is important that we are part of the uplifting of the world and energizing the world, and and really touching and impacting the people around us in a positive way.
0: Uh, you know, that's really it's really uh, powerful as well. And kind of coming from you, so we mentioned, you know, your professional model, right, and a athlete, now executive leadership coach. But you do mention that you had some insecurities along the way as well, which it's hard, right? Because people looking at you would say, "Are you kidding? Like, what would you be insecure about, <laughs> right?" Um, and I bet you're tall too, because you look tall. <laughs> I'm almost six feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> you know, I I I am not even five seven with my four inch heels, right? So. <laughs> But, you know, again, these things that, you know, especially as women, I mean, all people I do believe, but especially as women, we do tend to be so harsh on ourselves and, and that insecurity pops in. You know, how did you deal and process the insecurity and turn it into confidence?
1: That's a great question. And I, I think that's something that does happen often in our society, especially as women, we are so heavily judged based on what we look like. And, you know, even right now, you thank you for the compliment. And all I can think is like, my nails aren't done, they're a mess. My hair, I'm horrible at styling my own hair and <laughs> it's a mess. But who cares because we're so much more than, than what we look like, you know, and I think we have to start to really look at ourselves with more grace and compassion and acceptance and, and really start to cultivate the inner characteristics like kindness and intelligence and and the things that we can offer besides, the externals. And, and for me, it was a journey of having to have not one, but two wake up calls. I lost two dear friends to suicide in one year, and it was so painful to not only deal with the grief of losing them in such a tragic, shocking, heartbreaking way, but it also made me at the look at the way I was choosing to live my life, who like most people, was placing all of my worth on the externals, you know, how much money I made, how many jobs I was booking, all of those things that society tells us are important and that we have to have to be worthy of anything. And, and I realized that this lifestyle and this mentality is unsustainable, it's exhausting, it's overwhelming. And and I, I see so many people at the effect of this mentality. And I was certainly one of those people in the rat race in New York City. and. I knew my life depended on coming up with a better way of living and really training my attitudinal muscles and coming up with the keys for a better way of living and really getting my worth and contentment. From the inside, and I think a lot of people play or pay lip service to that, but they don't really do the work or you know they don't want to take the time to go deep because they're scared of what they might discover. I mean, it, it can be a painful journey to, to look at our stuff and, um, really come up with a different way of living. That is the complete opposite from the way society says we should be doing things.
0: Yeah. And again, I think so many times we get complacent, people get comfortable or complacent. They're not happy. They know they're settling, but yet the idea of change is so fearful that it's just easier to stay where you are. Right. And, you know, I feel like something like this, where you're challenged to kind of say, all right, let me be accountable. Let me hold myself accountable. I really do agree with you. Like I wish if people realized how limited their time is here, you know, that that maybe they would be more courageous in taking those steps. And, and one thing too is, I think not everyone knows what steps to take. They may be unhappy, They're not really sure how to create change because maybe it hasn't been in their environment. So a book like this is so powerful because you're giving them 10 steps. Here you go. Here's your assignments. Here's the things for you to do, right?
1: Yeah, and I think just a different perspective because we are, whether we realize it or not, so programmed and plugged into these societal standards that we don't even believe in. And and a, a voice in our head that constantly tells us how we don't measure up and how we're not good enough rather than going within, where you start to hear a a more divine intelligence that that reminds you how powerful you are. And and that's what I'm here to remind everyone is that you can do whatever you decide is important enough and, and you do have what it takes. And quite frankly, if you can't show up or do it for yourself, do it for the people around you who need your unique gifts and strengths.
0: Yeah, perfect, yeah, absolutely. So in the book, you mentioned spirits immunity, which I've kind of really loved that terminology. Do you mind just sharing with the listeners what that means and what that is?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's taking the time to really give ourselves our spiritual vitamins like savoring and gratitude and creating your miraculous day through a tool known as visualization or using a mindset tool called reframing and reframing a negative thought or mindset into a more positive beneficial one and you know I did a ton of research for this book I'm a big nerd and I love research <laughs> but besides the research my own life dictated this and and what the research and science says is that all the things that we think are going to make us happy the the house the car the money the good body the perfect relationship all the shiny objects they don't actually move the needle when it comes to our happiness and well-being what moves the needle are things like sleep exercise Mm -hmm. savoring um time affluence social connection doing a gratitude visit which i'd love to tell you about that exercise it's one of my favorite exercises in the book but you know i think this is proof too because think about something you've really wanted a goal and and you get the thing i've been there and you're really happy for 15 or 20 minutes and then it's on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and as you experience more success and get more things you want even more. And and then what science says too is that our our, our brains, our, our silly little brains, get used to these things. And then you need more and more and more to feel the same feeling of well-being. So it, it is a trap, but the good news is there are all of these exercises and things we can do that are free, that don't cost a penny, that science shows and my own life shows like double, triple increase your well-being. I love it. So tell us about this gratitude. I, I, I know they would love to hear it, please. Yes. Yeah, so Martin Seligman is the founder of positive psychology. And I learned about this exercise he did through his TED talk about gratitude visits. And what you do is and, and please even take a moment, close your eyes or think of someone who has changed your life in a, a positively profound way, who you have never, never properly thanked. And write that person a 300 word letter, and then call them up and say, I'd like to come visit. Don't tell them why, and then read them this letter. And you might have to do it on Zoom based on how comfortable you feel with doing things in person, et cetera. I did it on Zoom last year. And my friend friend Vanessa came to mind and I read her this letter and she is someone who really has helped me own who I am. And she always says, you know, you need, it's so important to be who we authentically need to be. And I told her how, you know, I oftentimes feel like an alien here on earth and that some people, even people who love me don't really see me, and I think that's an epidemic in our culture that people don't really take the time to see us or hear us or acknowledge us. And my friend Vanessa did that for me so well; she does it for me so well every day. And so when I read her this letter, you know, she cried and I cried, and it was it was such a sacred moment of connection, and it was almost overwhelming. I mean, even positive emotions can feel overwhelming, but it, it strengthened our bond. I still, I mean, that was a little over a year ago. I think about it all the time. And it, it, it just, my well being increased dramatically. Her well being increased dramatically. And, and think about how seldom we do this. Yeah. The only time I think of when people actually do this is at someone's funeral when they're no longer here. So just taking the moment to look in someone in the eyes and tell them how much you appreciate them, it, it really is that. Um, I don't even have the word for it, but I guess life changing or, um, right. Just it, good for the soul. I, I can't even, even as a writer, I can't even come up with the word mm-hmm. for it because it really is almost having that out of body experience in terms of a deep connection. And, and I think it's so big because we don't, we don't normally do this.
0: Yeah, no, that's a, that's really good. Because again, a lot of times we don't take that time to thank someone and it really may be in a deeper way, right. Then, until, till they're no longer here in the physical. You yeah. also mentioned romantic relationships. Now, I can tell you as, as a medium, you know, rom- romance is a tough, tough vehicle sometimes. But what about you know? You mentioned this, like you know, we do. We have to be complete first within, and, and we we kind of talk about that and mention it. But you also mention it here. Tell us a little bit about how you can be a better romantic partner. By following these 10 steps, by being complete with who you are first and any advice on
1: that that you bring through. Yeah, I think it's important for all of us to look at relationships as life assignments and, you know, even, even parents, kids, people like that. I mean, that's a, that's a a lifetime assignment, right? Uh, That doesn't necessarily mean you like the person, but it is a lifetime assignment there in your life for that reason to work out your stuff. And, and romantic partners can be counted on more than anyone to really trigger us and bring up all our stuff. And they really bring it up as a form of detox, as a mirror that we can really start to look at ourselves but often what happens and i'm sure everyone has been there i certainly have Mm -hmm. 10 times over is that you start to get triggered and and this person brings up your stuff and you think oh well this person is not for me and and your friends say well is this person really giving you what you want and you know screw him or her and you're better off without them whereas you know god and spirit and our our life our life purpose is like oh this is really good this is really juicy this is where you can finally work your stuff out and so I think that so much is attention is paid to, is this the right person for me? Or what am I getting from this relationship? Rather than who do I wanna be in the relationship and what am I here to give? And quite frankly, would my dream partner want me if he or she showed up today? Or you know, even if you're married right now, am I being this person's dream partner? Am I the person who they fell in love with? Or have I changed dramatically for the worse? And so again, placing the emphasis on ourselves and and what we can give rather than focusing on what we can get and having that mentality that you are complete on your own. And as I like to say, I'm a complete person who wants to share my completeness with another complete person. It it takes the pressure off. We put so much pressure and expectation on our romantic partners. And then we wonder why so many of them fail. We don't even let people be who they are. We expect them to fill this void in us that only we can fill. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now that's a great point. And I love the idea of what can I give versus what can I get? You know, and that's a, uh, that's a really big determining factor. And I think too, in general, in life, right. The You know, as an empath and all, we have to have boundaries, but at the same time, the giving is much more rewarding than receiving for sure. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and spiritual, spiritually speaking, we only get to keep what we give away, meaning there is no just collecting and taking you. If if you want to experience love, be love, give love, and you get it back. Even if it's the experience of of your own love that you're giving to yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that too. And, you know, with this too, there's
0: a lot of limiting beliefs people have, you know, this, uh, you had them coming in, right. And and we all do things. We're told when we're small, uh, things, maybe our teachers or our peers would have said to us in the book, you also address, Hey, how do you remove those blocks? How do you get to a place of confidence and, and security and not letting your decision-making be around what you were told when you were five, right? So what is your advice around that? How do you address that? What in the book really kind of shares that and and helps people remove those blocks, those limiting beliefs that we can have?
1: Yeah, I think first we have to get clear and go back to our origin story, which is in childhood. So you got to go way back. And where where does this belief even come from? And I share a story about being a four-year-old at the swim club in swim lessons and overhearing this swim instructor communicates to my mother that he didn't think I was a very good swimmer and how heartbreaking that as an adult seeing my little four-year-old self um, create this mentality that said oh, oh gosh I, I need to perform at a really high level so that I am safe in the world and my mom and dad love me and are proud of me and strangers like this swim guy is impressed with me and and will communicate that I'm good and nice and valuable and loved. And what a lie that is. And that how often we let somebody else's opinion, not based on any truth, become our truth and our reality. And then we subconsciously go about our lives, collecting evidence for why that thing is true. And in my case, you know, my obsession with performance and perfectionism I achieved a lot in the outside world. I broke all the records at that swim club, but at what price? I was filled with anxiety. I was filled with insecurity. And then I went about my life, setting myself up for failure in that way to attract more situations like that. So become conscious and aware, delete that belief like you would the corrupt file and virus on your computer, and then come up and create a new story or a mantra for yourself, and then start collecting evidence for that. Hold on to those compliments or or the feedback you get about your strengths or what you're doing right. And then build upon that and leverage your strengths and gifts rather than dwelling on that thing that someone told you years ago that you've somehow made your truth. But at first you you gotta take a hard look at yourself and you're probably gonna have to go back to a a painful time in childhood. And you'll start to see like, oh my gosh, that's why I did all of these things that I did. But starting today in this moment, you can can choose to change and, and switch it all around.
0: Yeah. And that's really uh, powerful as well. And like you said, you attracted similar situations, but you know, maybe along the way, somehow your worth was in overcoming, right? It was in improving yourself. That's where you in some way thought that's where your worth was because that's exactly what you have been told. Right. And it's, it's just crazy again, what we say to one another too. So It's a real good reality check as well and, and keeping yourself, you know, and then what are your thoughts versus what has somebody told you? Right. And that's also important as well. So all those things too, you know, and I teach, I teach a lot of mediumship and psychic and helping students. And again, I, I know we talked about this before we started, but being an ex fitness model, I'm always comparing the clairs, as we call them, your spiritual gifts to the physical body. And and I say, you know, you can't have a nice arm without a good tricep and bicep, right? It's the bicep, the tricep, the shoulder. It takes all of it. It takes the legs and the shoulders to be a full balanced physical body. It's the same thing spiritually. And you're really addressing the exact same thing in the book. I mean, it really is... Uh, very much. And it's, I always find that too. I think what's really interesting. And I mentioned this in one of my classes is that's how, you know, something is spirit driven, right? You and I have not met before. And you know, it's our first time meeting. And yet we both have a very similar philosophy. Where did that come from? Right. And so it really is fascinating that there is this idea and maybe too, you know, The physical body is very much the ego body, right? And the spiritual body is the soul. And so I think the physical body and the ego are needed in the physical realm, but maybe that lesson is that soul and that expansion. And you really do address this and you address it with this core. How do we build our spiritual core? And so maybe if you don't mind kind of sharing that, talking about the spiritual The spiritual fitness and the core and how do we build that and what can the listeners do other than read the book of course uh, how can they implement this in
1: their own life yeah it's such a great question and an important question and i think the first thing that you can do is start with what I call my five minutes a day of sit and stare time. And it's exactly what it says. You sit and stare, distraction-free. You sit quietly in a room alone. I know that sounds horrifying to some people, but if it does, then you really need your sit and stare time. But this is a chance for you to connect with yourself and to reflect and process. There is so much going on around you. You are bombarded with so much messaging and imagery and chaos and confusion and uncertainty that you need that mandatory time, like eating and sleeping, to check in with yourself like you would a small child and ask, how are you doing? What do you need? What's working? And if you're feeling extra bold and courageous, you can say, I'm so proud of you great job. You handled that harsh email with such grace and non-reactivity or great job, you know, showing up, even though you didn't feel confident today, you showed up and gave it your all and had fun. That is a a success, bravo, brava. And so just taking that time to become more practiced at listening to that divine wisdom, not the ego. I'm talking, you know, whether you believe in God, universe, spirit, nature, whatever higher power or force you believe in, start tuning into that more. And you can take that walk in nature and, and just really tune into the truth and your power and connect with that. And then you will become more practiced at listening. That will become your default setting. The truth, the love, the abundance, your power, rather than all the, the chaos and nonsense around you. And I think you can also do a little, I call it my what if trick. When you're stuck, even right now, you're like, oh, that sounds nice, but this is hard, this sounds hard. Start with two words, what if. This is how you boost your mental metabolism. What if this wasn't hard? What if this was easy? What if this was fun? What if this was an opportunity to learn and grow and become the person who can leave the job, get the relationship, have the abundance? What if I can call Colby and have a meaningful conversation with her and and she could offer me her wisdom and advice? What if I took the day off and really nurtured my inner child? Do you see how much better this feels rather than the like, oh, I can or like, I can't. Right. Just start, just yeah. get that quick that quick boost and, and do your sit and stare time. I do an hour a day. I break it up or do it all together, but I get the guidance, I get the inspiration. And then when I sit down to work, I can do twice as much work in a fraction of the time.
0: I love it. yeah, And that's a great exercise that any of the listeners can do. And five minutes a day, you guys, you have five minutes, right? We really can manage that as well. For you, Kate, if you don't mind, you know, just sharing something personal, what was your biggest challenge kind of coming out and and writing a book or making this change? Like, What was your biggest challenge that you personally overcame to kind of standing your power to say, Hey, this book is needed and I'm the one to do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so much work, writing Mm -hmm. and editing a book is so intense. It is such a commitment there are days you are gonna wanna throw in the towel, I think with any big passion project that we take on, and it's so important to have a really strong why. And my why are my friends, Sam and Roth, who are no longer with us. The book is dedicated to them. The book is dedicated to anyone who struggles with mental health, which turns out is all of us. So mm-hmm. it's dedicated to all of us and, and, and giving us the tools. And you know, when you have a strong why, that keeps you going on the days where you want to give up and, and you have a much higher purpose. And I think another challenge is I I just had a massive vulnerability hangover every day. I think now I've just been talking about it. And I think the good thing, this is a testament to just do it, just put yourself out there. And now I'm like, whatever, if I get judged, if people don't like it, I, I, I genuinely, truly don't care because I like it and I'm proud of it. And I know who I am. And I think being in that place where, Um, you're scared to do something, but you're willing to do it anyway. And and the name of a a much bigger cause or purpose, and that's certainly what this book and this message is. But I mean, it's hard. It's hard to be a a public spokesperson for suicide prevention and mental health and tell people openly about my darkest moments and and being in a pharmacy and wanting to swallow a bottle of pills because I was in so much pain. And just the the shame that I think used to be around that and that is around that in general, I don't have the shame Because it was a human moment. I think the more that people talk about it, it normalizes what it means to have a a bad day or be in a dark place. And and quite frankly, if you lose the love of your life to suicide and you aren't in a dark place, then I worry about you. And I I think we have to start taking care of ourselves and each other better and and start really getting a handle on prioritizing our well-being and, and just erasing this stigma and this shame around being sad or having anxiety and and you know but also having the desire to to do something about it and that's what this book gives you too and i, I just hope people whatever your thing is that that calling you know we're all we're all hearing the call every yeah. day yeah. it's just that we either aren't, aren't practice at listening we're scared of what it says we're scared of how much work it might take to do that thing that we're called to do but it is so worthwhile and and, yeah. and that is why we are here. And like I said, if you can't do it for yourself, do it for your family. Do it for a, a cause or organization larger than yourself. Yeah.
0: You know, it's also what's really interesting as well is even when you get to a place that you're successful, right, and you're enjoying what you do, you know, even now, I'm lucky enough to to have this podcast, to have you on, to, to have wonderful students and clients and there are still times when i say to myself oh wait a second i could be doing more right i could be putting myself out there more so it's like you know it's sometimes we get to a safe place and we're like okay this is good right but you you have to constantly and continuously have that drive don't you
1: think it is important to have the drive and also know when to turn it off and as you're yeah. talking like you are my you are my soul sister my long lost <laughs> sister because that is the thing that i be, along with the perfectionism and the mm-hmm. the performance obsession nothing it's like nothing's ever good enough i can put in these 12 hour day and then it's just like well you could be doing that, that voice inside me and inside me says we well, could be doing more yeah. or you, you could be doing more and so i have to consciously say i hear you thank you for your opinion you can go <laughs> sit down now it's like putting those thoughts and feelings in the back seat yeah. um and 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 the the truth of you driving the car because Yes, you have to have the drive and and that's mm-hmm. important, but I, I think we also need to learn how to turn the car off and yeah. and, and relax and it and and tonight after I, <laughs> and walk. And, and like right now, I can, like after this, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I can think of two hours of solid work that I, I could do or need to do. And I'm going to consciously say, no, you've done enough today, great job. And I'm going to choose to unplug. If I do anything else, I'm gonna call a friend or take a bath. But making those conscious decisions too, because, There's this notion too that if we aren't making money or like achieving Mm -hmm. something, we aren't doing anything, but rest is doing something. Relaxing is doing something positive. Uh, Connecting with a friend, doing something positive. You may not make a a lot of money from talking to a friend or resting or relaxing, but that time then will help you perform even better the next time you get back to work. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that rest and rejuvenation, right? And then also as you're talking to that friend or taking that bath, I'm huge on bubble baths, by the way. So, (laughs) but in that, you know, a lot of inspiration will come from that because you're not in work mode, right? When you're that heavy work mode and do more, be more, go more, you know, that's not really where the creativity comes in. So having that talk with a friend and all of a sudden an inspirational thought comes in and, and now you have your next idea, right? Absolutely,
1: and and then there's this notion too. Of, like we have all forgotten to have fun. I, I yeah. even a client I talked to. People are starting to bring me into their very their, their organizations with their kind of stuffy culture, and you know they say we need to have more fun around here. I said, well, yeah. you've called the right person because I do. <laughs> I have moments where I think, oh, I can't be like too fun in here because it's very serious, but. I think we all need a little more fun. The fun changes the channel and, and and you're right, gets us into our creativity and our playfulness where really good things and ideas are born.
0: Yeah, I love it. I want to just show everyone the book cover because I just think it's a fantastic book cover. The Full Spirit Workout. And it's a 10-step system to shed your self-doubt, strengthen your spiritual core and create a fun and fulfilling life. And it's just, it's such a great, cover and idea. And it really is really inspiring. How long did it take you to write it? I'm just
1: curious. (laughs) Well, I I think it was in the works for years. Okay. I I was on a tight deadline. I started writing this a week into lockdown last year. Oh yeah. Isolation on top of isolation, but I I wrote the book in about four months. And then there was the editing process with the publisher. But again, this is a testament to you can do whatever you decide is important enough yes. and yeah. let's go let's yeah. do this um and 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 you can do it r- yeah. regardless of what's going on i'm the proof i i'm not i'm not any more special than anyone else i'm just i'm disciplined and i had a really 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 strong why yeah and i also
0: feel though i really do though you know because a couple in that time frame it's a lot channeled and do you do do you realize or do you feel that it was channeled in? You ever kind of get that uh, I feeling?
1: Loved, I, I love talking to people like <laughs> you. I love uh because this is another thing that you, you can't talk to everybody about. So I appreciate you and this platform absolutely was channeled. My my first day at my writing retreat in the Berkshires, I, I think I think I wrote ten thousand words in one day, which is insane. Oh, and wow. I don't even I'd, I don't even take credit. That, that's God. That's old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I prayed for a miracle. I asked for advice. And and that's the thing too, near the end of, of the manuscript, when I, I I had a moment, I thought I've said everything that I want to say. And I sat in meditation and asked, asked him and the angels, what do you want me to talk about? What do you want me to say? And I got it because I've been practiced at listening. I got it. I got my subheader and I started writing and thousands of words poured out of me. So it it works as you know, more than anyone. And even, Oh, just even hearing that word, I'm like, (laughs) yes, I love being channeled because it flows. And that, but that goes back to spiritual fitness and and building that trust and surrender muscle. We don't have to do it all on our own. I was, this was a co-creation through and through. Do you have a favorite chapter
0: uh, personally? Oh, <laughs> oh, but I, it's know, like, like having kids me, you have right? have a favorite child yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm like,
1: I'm like i love all my kids equally yeah yeah but to answer your question what, what just stuck out is uh step seven which is step up your spiritual stamina oh because yeah I actually um, quote myself at the beginning of that chapter because it's a, it's a quote that came to me when I was being channeled after a massive rejection. And um, the, the quote is, being okay if it happens and okay if it doesn't is a very powerful place to be. And that went viral on Instagram. And I like I said in the book, I can't even take full credit for it. It was It was a, a divine download. Yeah. But I think it resonated with so many people, this message of surrender, and and relief and not just understanding that intellectually but moving it down into your body where then it becomes wisdom and your heart and 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 talking about surrender and and sharing the story about because of surrender is the only reason i'm alive my mother couldn't get pregnant for eight years and and i'm here and i have an older brother and it's because she she said she gave it up like gave it up to a higher power I think that took the stress and pressure off of her body and she had two kids in, yeah. in two years. So the stuff works. If you do, I promise it is like going to the gym. Your, your personal trainer can't do the push ups and pull-ups for you, that's on you. But if you show up, if you're just willing, start with five minutes a day. You will get these incredible results. I, I, yeah. I mean, I just, I can't stress that. I just, I wanted to shake everybody. Like, you can do like whatever you want to do. You just got to start putting in a little more work and 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 surrender. And the, but the book is so
0: easy. It's such an easy read. And and I know you mentioned that at the beginning, but it's easy to follow, easy to read, and it's very personable as well. Very down to earth as well. And oh. you know, it's amazing. You could, you know, you could see that. You know, there's probably been a lot of people that uh, I mean, you did do pageants, I think. Right. But there's a lot of people who have judged you. But, you know, to have such a beautiful soul and to continuously like, you know, shine your soul. And that's really, really the achievement. Right. Isn't that to not not to be harsh or bitter or hide because of the judgment? You know, you're still shining and then you're still really there helping people saying, Hey, listen, and even through that trauma and that suffering of that loss that you experienced, but you're kind of turning it into something positive. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's the best that we can do in those kind of situations. Right.
1: Yeah. And thank you for that. It even got me emotional because mm-hmm. it reminds me, even a friend said to me years ago, she said, your heart should be so closed and it mm-hmm. is, it is so open. And and that is my favorite thing about you. And that's, I mean, that can be our, our gift and our strength yeah. and our talent. And, you know, I'm not making, well, I'm about to say, I'm not making a penny off of my open heart, but I think this book is my open heart and, and my soul. And while books aren't huge money makers, unless you're a massive celebrity, I don't, it's, it's not about the money. It, it really is about giving people a better way of living. Yes. And I, I think what keeps me going, because yeah, the judgment can keep us stuck. And I certainly have felt the effects of that. And it, it's painful, I think, because I'm just such a lover and I want to love everybody. And when you do get the judgment, it's like what's up, but I have compassion for those people because obviously they're experiencing some discomfort or even self-loathing yes, exactly. to project that outward. And I think that's a good message If everyone's always like, how, like I talk to college students who say, how do I deal with the haters? And, yeah. you know, with, with compassion and and knowing yeah. that it's not about you right. and, and keep, and, and keep shining your light. And, um, yeah, because that that's the only way, the only way to go. And then you meet people like you. That's, what, that's what's <laughs> happening with this book. I'm meeting all these phenomenal people who see me. And I, I think I've been a place where you don't feel seen. And that's yes. when the judgment. And so I, it is my mission to see and hear and acknowledge truly and genuinely everyone and anyone in my presence. I love it. So if you can believe it, that is about the end of our time together.
0: I always oh, say it goes no. by so quickly, right? It's like so much fun. <laughs> it does. Um, if you don't mind, though, please telling the listeners, uh, you know, where can uh, they find you? Your website, your social media handles.
1: Absolutely. So just go to Kate It's K-A-T-E dot TV, like the, the tube that you watch. And for all the information on the book, you can go to the com, And th- both of those pages will lead you to social media. And I'd love to connect with you there. I, I really believe in building a strong community that's all about collaboration, not competition on the interwebs. So I'd love to connect with you over there. I really just, I really want to thank
0: you so much. It, it's just been such a pleasure and honor and, such a spiritual experience, uh, talking with you and, and I'm so excited about this book and I can't wait to share it with my students. And, and again, I really want to thank you. We'll have to have you back on, uh, and, and we'll go deeper into it, but thank you so much. I really appreciate it
1: thank you so much. You are a true joy to the world. Thank you for all the work that you do and just uplifting and energizing all of us. I just, I appreciate you so much. And I'm I'm going to take you to lunch. I'm like, I, I don't want the conversation <laughs> to end.
0: <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, thanks so much, Kate. And you have a beautiful night. Go enjoy that bubble bath. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Colby Rebel Show. Be sure to follow Colby on social media at Psychic Rebel. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please head on over to iTunes to leave a review to help Colby grow the tribe. Colby is an international psychic medium, teacher, best-selling author, and speaker. She is a master teacher of the Lisa Williams International School of Spiritual Development and is the owner of the Colby Rebel Spirit Center in Los Angeles. Visit ColbyRebel.com.